0: understand natural fertility methods and forms of natural conception and contraception, this is the episode for you. You see, I'm joined by my friend Melissa Ranges, who is a natural fertility expert. She's based in Auckland, New Zealand, and is a feminine well-being educator. She guides women to better understand their menstrual cycles and teaches a fertility awareness-based method, the Symptothermal Method. She's a huge advocate for women's holistic sexual wellness and is currently studying to be a sex and relationship coach. So I reached out to Mel and asked her to come and join me on the show to open up about the conversations of natural fertility. So in this episode, we talk about what is the IUD. We do that because she's got her own personal journey of having the IUD and then getting it removed. So we talk all about the IUD. We also talk about natural forms of contraceptions, checking your cervical fluid, your mucus and your discharge how you can track your basal body temperature, and if you've never done that before, you'll probably want to start doing that after this episode, along with how to choose a natural fertility tracking app. So if you're wanting to use a really good app to understand your ovulation and how to track fertility, we talk about which is the best app out there at the moment to do so. We also dive into different ways that you can support yourself around avoiding pregnancy at the time of ovulation if you are sexually active, And the different signs of how and when am I ovulating in my cycle. So this is a beautiful episode all about natural fertility methods for conception and avoiding pregnancy. If you're brand new to tracking your menstrual cycle or you have been using an app for a little while and you're ready to move to a written tracker, which is what both Mel and I suggest... We talk about this a lot throughout this episode. I would recommend downloading my free Love Your Cycle Guide. This is your menstrual cycle tracker along with video series on how to use your tracker and also how to fill it in. You can get this over on my website at wellsome.com or if you follow me online on Instagram at Wellsom underscore there is a link in my bio and you can download the Love Your Cycle Guide there. Either way, get it, download it and start tracking your cycle with a written tracker. By the end of this episode, you'll definitely want to start doing that. This episode is brought to you by my brand new five-day Love Your Cycle mini-course, a simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had have taught you at school about your cycle how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions and identifying PMS and cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 300 women from around the world who've already taken this course to reclaiming and reconnecting with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week and for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. Now, to say thank you for being an amazing listener of the Well Women podcast, I have a discount code for you. Use Cycle Love at the checkout to save 20% off. Mel, welcome to the podcast. Yay! <laughs> I was just saying before we hit record that I've been really looking forward to putting together an episode around natural fertility and there's so many mini topics inside that overall topic of natural fertility and you kept popping in my mind I'm like, I've i got to get Mel on the show so thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yay I'm so stoked to be talking about this it's really helped me along my journey so I'm excited to share it with
0: you. Well I can't wait for you to do that but before you do kickoff question tell us what day of your cycle you're on and what are you checking in with today and in this moment?
1: Day 14, so leading up to ovulation for me, um, what I'm checking in with really is around um, movement in my body and staying alive and I've set these kind of weekly goals for myself and this week it was to run um, for the first time in I think five years. So I'm checking in with my body and, and movement and
0: keeping that like chi alive within me. I love that, especially that you've kind of somewhat planned that through your spring and now you're moving into your summer. It's like the perfect alignment for cycle syncing. <laughs> it's like exactly. a peek out moment. i um, um, all about it. So for everyone who's listening right now and they're like, who's this Melchick? Tell us a little bit about yourself, Mel, and how you got into being a natural fertility educator and teacher.
1: Yeah, so it started um, probably, look, it actually probably started when I was about 18 and I had um, really a lot of challenges around contraception and in my history, um, taking the hormonal hormonal birth control pill was definitely not something that was advised for me because of, um, Kind of what happened to my mum, she got depressed through taking it so um, i went through a lot a lot a lot a lot of many options of contraception um, injection iud non-hormonal hormonal it was just yeah it was a lot to go through as a young adult um, but i had a break and then i came back to the iud option about four years ago And I actually, I should have learned my lesson, but I had a really challenging time with it. And just to keep it real short, I got depressed. I didn't really know or understand what depression was. I started thinking suicidal thoughts. I, I had no idea that it was the idea. I was like, oh my gosh, it's definitely not. It's because I'm away from my family. I'm living in Italy. I'm on a boat, Whatever. Um, and I call my parents and I said, something's wrong with me. I can't stop crying. I have no reason to cry. Mm. And I, I'm thinking of these suicidal thoughts and I'm, I'm not sure what's happening to me. I'm always a really quite vibrant person. Toot my own horn there. Um, but mum said, take your IUD out, please. Take it out. And mum had done a lot of research on this. She's a homeopath. Um, I got it, t- got it taken out. And um, two days later, I started feeling quite a lot better. And then four days after, I was just like completely different person. So from Mm. that moment, I had promised myself that I would never take anything to disrupt my hormones or my kind of fertile journey again, which I then started charting through an app. um, And then went and studied it to really understand what fertility awareness is, which is where
0: I'm at today. Isn't it beautiful that your personal journey always ends up not becoming your hobby, but it kind of becomes something you're so passionate about because you've experienced the emotion of it. And Mm. I love your journey and especially the fact that your mom had such a great, I guess, contributing factor to you making that decision because I know that there's a lot of women out there, especially when they were much younger, when it comes to contraception. And if you are a young woman listening to this and you're like in your teens or you're in your early twenties, you know, it's very common for us to reach to our parents to get guidance because there are elders, you know, they, they, I don't want to say should know, but they kind of like, but that's my mom. She should know this stuff. Right. <laughs> But your really? mum only knows what she knows. And so like for me, I remember when I went on the, the contraceptive pill and thinking back on it, a lot of women that I work with, and I'm sure you hear this too, are like, oh, but, you know, my mum just said it's what I had to do. It's like your mom only knows what she knows. Exactly. And if it's not her area of knowledge, then she's going to just recommend the best that she can recommend. And so that's where it's always great to reach out to someone who's more knowledgeable in the area if you're unsure. So what a mm. bonus for you with your mum. Um, yeah, yeah. How was that journey though, coming off the IUD? And for those who are listening to this and don't really know what the IUD is, um, let's start with what is the IUD, and we mm. haven't really talked about this much on the on the podcast at all. So, what is the IUD? And then, what was your experience like in getting it out? Mm. So the IUD and I had a copper IUD,
1: which is non-hormonal, and it's like a T-shaped um, copper wire that goes up into your uterus and it irritates your uterus so that it doesn't release an egg. Um, to know how It irritates
0: your uterus. Exactly. So I'm going to put something in my body that. that's going to irritate me.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, I had to do my own research on that. You never kind of told that, um, at the doctor's either, and getting it in was horrendous. And I'd just like to say as well, this is my personal experience, right? It's We all have different experiences, and I know for some women it was a godsend. It really helped them. So this is my personal journey. Um, so, yes, it gets inserted. I was in Australia at the time, and I had to go... Did um, I go under? I think I went under or something. I definitely wasn't fully conscious to insert it. And, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And with that, with the copper IUD, I actually got um, copper toxicity from having too much copper in my body. So it was another thing that, yeah, again, that isn't a little synchronicity to that mental health and the state I'm in, like nobody should be having too much copper, um, or any overdose of metal for that fact. So, um, yeah, that, that's the copper IUD. How I got it out on my experience of getting out was also quite traumatic. Um, I was in Italy and again, can't speak Italian. I went, Googled this place where I needed to go. And I went with my partner at the time and I said, you know, I, I need to get this taken out. And they said, I shouldn't get it taken out because I, I'm in a relationship. I have a partner and you know, fortunately or unfortunately, fire really kicked in, and I said, "Take it out right now, or I'm going somewhere else." Um, you want the sale and, or not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you want my euros or what? <laughs> <laughs> and and she was like, "Okay, okay, I'll take it out for you." And she took it out, and um, it hurt a little bit, but not as much as putting it in. Um, and yeah, I was like, "Right, this is it." You know this better make me feel better because now I have to like be aware of like how I'm sexually active with my partner and yeah it like I said before it was life-changing I couldn't believe where my mental health was I thought of all of these crazy things in my mind that people were plotting against me and the boat that I was living in and yeah like I said two days later I was already feeling like oh my god is this true did that really help it and then four days I was like oh, I'm back I'm back
0: I don't know who's been in my body but I'm back yeah. <laughs> Everyone, I'm <Yeah>. back.
1: <laughs> so I'm just gonna redo my signature because it's really me now <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a beautiful story I love that you know you share so openly about the mental mindset um of your experience, because it just goes to show that our hormonal balance really contributes to not just our menstrual cycle, like the ability to ovulate, the ability to menstruate, um, the ability to produce hormones. It contributes to so much like digestion, your mindset, your emotions. So I love that you share that because a lot of women find it very vulnerable to openly share that, like I've actually had these negative thoughts today in this down the downward spiral of emotion and um there's a really great book that popped into my mind and i just want to share it for everybody um not connected with me i don't sell the book it's just a great book it's called the happiness trap by dr russ mm-hmm. harris he's an aussie um act What's it called? i'm looking at my bookshelf uh yeah russ harris the happiness trap really great book about the trap that we get ourselves stuck in with our mind. So if if you're looking to explore your mindset around emotions and all of that, that's a really good book. Mm -hmm. Um, But thank you so much for sharing. I just wanna say too, isn't it interesting that the doctor or the surgeon or whoever the lady was that was just like, "No, no, don't get it out. Most likely, like she probably said that because she was like, well, you've got a partner and you're too young to get pregnant. So no, 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 you keep this thing in. Is that what you were picking up at the time?
1: Totally, that's what I found, and even scarier. So, she said that it wasn't put in perfectly correct, and she was surprised that I wasn't pregnant. So, another, <gasps> like, what the hell, you know?
0: You can just, swear, a, F. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> oh my god, that yeah. reminds me about um, a recent podcast episode with Emma Morris, and we talked about breast implant illness. And mm. explanting, so getting your implants out, and the amount of surgeries that happen. Where, and for everyone who can't see, I'm like touching my boobs right now. Like, thank you, <laughs> boobs, for being part of my body. But when you have a surgery, you want to make sure it's done properly. Yeah, and it's a big decision. So, IUDs. All right, let's switch gears and let's talk about like natural form of contraception. Because I guess in your stories, you went on the IUD because you didn't want to have a baby right you didn't want to fall pregnant but still wanted to be sexually active so then you were like all right now i don't have this thing in me and i could potentially fall pregnant what are some other natural forms of contraception so what are some natural forms of contraception
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the first thing that comes to mind that is super common is is condoms right and there's male and female condoms there's um a diaphragm there is the withdrawal method, which isn't necessarily um, super um, accurate. Accurate. Like, yeah, sorry, yeah. I was, was trying wrong. to think of the right word. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I shouldn't be recommending that. Um, but yeah, those are those are really the most common ones that come to mind straight away. But um, of course, what, what I teach and what I studied and learned was the symptothermal double check method.
0: The blah and blah the blah what? yeah yeah do you speak my language (laughs) (laughs) say that again for everyone listening one more time
1: yeah so it's a fertility awareness based method called the symptothermal double check method and sympto means symptom so it's your cervical mucus symptom and thermo is temperature and it's taking your temperature so symptothermal cervical mucus and basal body temperature B B
0: T for people who have googled this stuff, but like, what does that mean?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Awesome.
1: And, yeah, um, and
0: uh, yeah, tell us about this.
1: Yeah, well, it's just to make sure that it's the double check method. There are some methods that is single check, and for those, um, it's just checking your cervical mucus. But I just I do not teach that method. I teach the double check method, which is really key to note because it means that you're double checking against your temperature and your cervical mucus to make doubly sure when your fertile phase is over rather than just using a single check method
0: really important especially when you're Mm. like i was gonna say playing the game of do i create (laughs) life or do i not create life right now kind of a big decision um huge yeah so it's great to know natural contraception reasons like so if i don't want to fall pregnant i get asked this question all the time like so i've got my marina out or i'm coming off the pill the contraceptive pill but i don't want to fall pregnant so what can i do that's one way that we can look at like natural fertility but what's the other way as in the other way achieving pregnancy because Yes, I know that that method that you just mentioned and knowing your contraception options are important for both reasons, to conceive and to not conceive.
1: Totally, yeah. So with this method, it can actually pinpoint your exact fertile phase when you are being really aware of your cervical mucus. Your cervical mucus is the gateway to your fertility, right? If you can pinpoint when you are experiencing your most fertile mucus that's when you can say like right you me it's time let's do this um and again with your temperature your temperature spikes after ovulation so again you're getting that data or information to say my body is doing its thing i am um, ovulating which is like you need to ovulate to conceive so using these tools it can really give you confidence in your um, fertility journey and i know for some um, they have been trying to get pregnant for however many months Um, but by using this method you can say okay i'm not getting pregnant but i'm ovulating so my body's still healthy my body's still doing its thing where can we start working on other parts of the body to see what's going on here so yeah it gives you data to give you confidence that you are doing your body is doing the right thing
0: i would agree it totally makes you feel confident when you track your cycle and having done this for a while i did this like personally i was like okay i would like i'm for everybody listening i'm nearly 34. And I'm at this stage in my life where I definitely want to have kids. I've always wanted to have kids, but I'm at this age bracket and I'm very aware of it where I'm like, all right, it's really in my best interest to be proactive about my cycle health. Of course, I teach cycles, so that's also very proactive, but (laughs) knowing that I have a healthy ovulation regularly so that when the opportunity comes and it's time for me to work on conception and conceiving and starting a family, my body is ready for that too. Not just my mindset around it, and Mm. I know that like tracking your cervical fluid and your basal body temperature, it makes you when you're sexually active, especially with an opposite sex, it makes you so much more confident that you're Mm. having sex, and you all hang on. This is a time we need to be a little bit more cautious, or actually, we can go wild, (laughs) let (laughs) it rip, so to speak. (laughs) Um. So, what a when it comes to this method, how would one start this process if someone's looking um to to start this type of fertility awareness based method and they just want to dabble in it before they maybe seek someone like yourself to get some guidance what could they do to start
1: Mm -hmm. great start is getting a basal body thermometer so you definitely need that to get started and that's pretty much it for tools so to speak Um, and the second thing would really be checking your cervical mucus or fluid whatever you want to call it and this can be quite confronting for someone. It's like, oh my god, what that stuff in my knickers! I I've got to look at that, and it's like, oh, i got to feel that stuff. just look at it, touch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, so basal body thermometer, checking your cervical mucus, but then start tracking your cycle, like if using an app. And I'll briefly just say this about apps because it is super key around uh, fertility. That if you are using something like flow or clue to track your cycle i think that's fantastic but as soon as you use it as a fertility option to track your fertile cycle um, those those aren't going to give you the correct predictions in your fertile or non-fertile phases and i know yeah i'm really passionate about it because i'm like yeah i have close friends who got pregnant from using that data from their prediction apps and they were like, but the app said I was fine.
0: Um, so there's, <laughs> there's a whole the app lot app of things that go. A millionaire and occasionally I get <laughs> messages from eBay telling me that I've won all this money. does not mean that your phone knows your body very well. And I think it's it's such a beautiful point because I personally, I have Clue um, and I use Clue, even though I don't use it to track anything apart from I just enter my bleeding time and it kind of just reminds me of like what day of my cycle I'm on. But the fact that it's like, oh, your ovulation window is coming in. I'm like, were you aware that the last three nights I had the terrible sleep? Like, was your app in, yeah. in your body when that <laughs> happened? Like, was your app in your body when COVID hit and was just like, oh, all of a sudden my body's feeling like it's in a pandemic. Your phone's not in a pandemic. So your yeah. phone does not know your ovulation. I love that you brought that up. So Totally. What apps, I'm, what apps yeah. would they use? Like, if they wanted to use an app... Um, even though I personally don't recommend using an app, but if someone was like, look, I'd like to use an app to track my fertility, not my cycle, my fertility, Mm. what apps do you recommend or how to choose a good app?
1: Yeah. Off the get go. And the only one that I recommend is Kendara. So Kandara really is, it's data-based. It's, you know, it still has your days, but it has that option to plug in what cervical mucus you're experiencing to plug in mood sensations, like vaginal sensations, um, your temperature, mm, I like the sound times. Of
0: vaginal yeah. sensations.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's part of the fertility method of checking in what you're sensing at your vaginal opening every day. So um, yeah, so I would say Kandara. Kandara is definitely what I recommend. And then personally, when I teach people, it's all done on paper. Um, and then each their own. If they want to use an app after that, then I recommend Kandara. But as a teacher teaching students, it's we do
0: it all on paper. There's just something so beautiful about connecting your pen to paper and like putting it in mm. front of you. Like literally just yesterday, I was teaching a new friend, um, who I've only just recently met, and she called me. She's like, Oh my God, I just looked through your website and your Instagram. I need your help. <laughs> and I was like, Welcome to my life. And um, she's like, I think she's nearly 32. And she's like, I think I need to start tracking my cycle. I was like, Yeah, that's a great idea. She's like, Oh, but I've been using this app. I'm like, Let's use paper. Because paper, yeah. you know, connecting yourself, drawing it out, I always describe it, Mel, like it's like a school project over time. Mm. You get to see it, and it's like, all of a sudden the science fair is like going to go all crazy when you bring forward your science project <laughs> of your cycle. Um, I, love it. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. Well Women Academy is a weekly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, written, audio video and guided home study led by myself and other pioneering guest teachers together we cover fields of ancestral health ayurveda sexuality sensuality holistic health and lots more this is your chance to join an international supportive community of women to discover your cycle your body ignite your inner intuition and illuminate your life it's like no other in the world not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix Learn more and join us at wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. There's a big step um, from going from just tracking your cycle on paper to tracking your fertility on paper. Mm. So what a, let's yeah. just, I know we've mentioned a bunch of them, but let's just key point or dot point the, the areas that you actually track for fertility on Mm. paper.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the three biomarkers really is your temperature, your cervical mucus, and then it's optional, your cervix height. So this is another thing. Your cervix changes throughout your menstrual cycle. And when you're in your peak or your fertile phase, your cervix lifts up. It's soft, it's high, it's open and it's wet. And once that fertile phase drops away, your cervix then drops down. It's hard, it's not necessarily dry, but um, it closes up. So um, that's another one. Um, You're also tracking, yeah, vaginal sensation. So are you dry, moist or wet throughout the day? Uh, You're also tracking your symptoms. So things like tender breasts, um, tender breasts around ovulation or pre period um things like rectal pressure moods
0: what else yeah it's yeah. pretty much it i love that and i just yeah want to go back to what you mentioned about the cervix is that a lot of people like i know for me when i started learning about this like a bunch of years ago and i was like your cervix opens and i was like <laughs> yeah. what like that doesn't even make sense. How does that happen? So yeah. I know that there's lots of women who are listening to this and don't know their anatomy, like completely, but your cervix kind of feels like the end of your nose and it does move. And I like to, we talk about this actually in the episode, the podcast episode about menstrual cups with mm-hmm. the, the ladies from put a cup in it, that your cervix kind of sits in your menstrual cup. So that's kind of the mm-hmm. height, like in how far up your cervix is inside you. And if you don't know about your cervix, I would suggest listening to, and it hasn't been released at the time of recording this, but when this episode comes out, it will be out. Is the, there's a <laughs> really great episode I recorded with my friend, Rosie Rees. Mel, you're going to love it. It's all about <laughs> cervical orgasms. The whole mm. thing about cervical orgasms and getting to know your cervix and de-armoring your cervix. So we in that episode we talk a lot about how to connect with your cervix and kind of um, awaken her, you could say. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. Oh, I love all these topics. All right, so I know that a couple of women that I work with and that I have inside the Well Women Academy have challenges with their thyroid. So when it comes to your thyroid, which is a big contributor to the health of your menstrual cycle, how would someone with a thyroid imbalance work with their fertility, like for natural fertility, Mm. if they were planning on conceiving? So this isn't to not fall pregnant. This is, they've got the, the, the goal of conceiving in the future or starting a family and they've got an imbalance in their thyroid. Like what's something that you would recommend for them to do? To be
1: honest, that probably goes beyond my knowledge. And if there was that, if they were having issues with their thyroid, for me, I would assume there's some hormonal imbalances there. Um, And I would pass them on to a naturopath, a holistic doctor, something like that. Because when it comes to fertility, um, you can still work with women who have irregular cycles, who have polycystic ovary endometriosis. Um, you can work with that. And actually when you track your cycle, you can see what are my hormones doing? Am I ovulating? If I am ovulating, it means yes, estrogen is is producing, which means progesterone is then producing afterwards from the corpus luteum, going a bit into it there. But to answer your question, a woman with thyroid problems and advice if she was trying to conceive, I would say really just starting to track her cycle to see what her hormone health is doing, seeing if her temperature, um, I mean, when you are taking your temperature every morning, you can see where... Your temperature is sitting? Is it spiking? Is it dropping down really low? Um, you know, there's like the perfect textbook cycle, which is a biphasic chart, which means that there's two phases to the chart. The first half is lower, the second half is higher. So, um, yeah, again, tracking temperature would be a really good indication to see where she's at and seeing if her thyroid problem is affecting her fertility and her temperature and all that kind of stuff. So
0: yeah, start tracking first off and go from there. I love that response because it applies to everybody. Mm. I think that no matter where you are and tell me if you have a different opinion, because you can totally have a different opinion to me. I welcome (laughs) all opinions. But I believe that if you are having a challenge in your health in any aspect, so it could be, You might have leaky gut like I used to have, you might have um, a missing period. So you might have amenorrhea, you might have PCOS like I used to have, or Hashimoto's, a thyroid imbalance. Hypothetically, you might have any of those. And if you're wanting to learn more about your body as a woman, and you know in your mind's eye, that in the future, that future could be in six months time, 12 months time, two years, five years time that you would like to be a mother, the best thing you can do for your health is to just track your cycle mm. to start with that and then once you know that and you can see all the little ebbs and flows of your cycle then you can go and seek help elsewhere mm. what are your thoughts on yeah. that
1: 100 percent, yeah and you know there's people who work with um Conception, like preconception packages where you work with them for six to three months before you want to conceive, and all that great, amazing um, resources. But yeah, if you can be the start of your journey of conception by tracking your cycle and working, even coming to see someone like myself and saying, hey, this is what my chart looks like. Is this weird or is is it normal? What's it up to? And you can have um, an educator actually say, it looks great, like your body's doing its thing, it's healthy, even if you do have these challenges, these health challenges. Or they could say, yeah, it looks like something's up. This is probably beyond my scope of education and I would
0: refer you to a naturopath Hmm. Really good. Really good answer. Mm. I have another question that like, there's two actual, there's two more questions that I've got that are very common. First one is, well, how do you know when you're ovulating? So I know that you've already mentioned that you can track your basal body temperature and you can check out mm-hmm. your cervical fluid. And then also like measure people like how the F do you do that, but know the height of your cervix and mm. where, where it's moving within you is how would you recommend a woman if they had the question? But okay, so how do I know when I'm ovulating? Okay,
1: so not using the temperature, not using cervical mucus and not using the cervix height. So taking those three biomarkers away, how would you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it comes into, so without the data, it comes into those, I'm going to throw in vaginal sensation because you didn't mention that one. So vaginal sensation. Um, Is it wet? Are you experiencing wetness? So you don't need to use your fingers. It's just what you're experiencing at your vaginal opening. How are your energy levels? Um, And, Jim, you'd know you'd be able to speak on this. But if you are heightened in your energy levels, this could be around ovulation, depending if you've rest in your bleed time, of course. Mm. Um, Arousal. Arousal is a huge one at the moment. I am day fourteen, and yeah, poor partner is getting leaked on. But <laughs> I go, let's yeah,
0: a call cool poor partner. Very <laughs> yeah. partner. all right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, totally. Um, so you know, for me, for me personally, my experience is is energy and arousal, and mm. that's when I know it's like I I can be turned on easier. I will want it more. Um, and my partner says, oh, it's my favourite time of your cycle. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we'll make the most of it because it's about to end in about five days.
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> exactly. Jump on the bandwagon now.
1: Mate. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's my answer.
0: It just goes to show, and the reason why I asked that question is because a lot of women think that they can find out when they're ovulating without knowing about their cervical fluid. And they're like, but I track my cervical fluid, but I just don't really know. So they're looking for another way in which they can go oh okay so this is the thing this is the sign unfortunately it's not going to be a reminder on your phone that you've just entered your ovulation window like your body doesn't work like that unfortunately so the next question is all right so i kind of know when i'm ovulating now great Mm -hmm. but because i'm like really sexy sassy turned on i'm extremely wet like dude i'm jumping on you today for the next 24 (laughs) days The question is, well, how can I avoid falling pregnant but still have sex whilst I'm ovulating? That's a really big Mm. question I get asked. It's like I want to have sex with my partner and there's different ways you can have sex, of course. There's oral Mm. sex, there's touching sex, there's penetrative sex, there's anal sex, all the types of sex you can have. But if a woman wanted to have penetrative sex with a male, um, how can they do that and still avoid falling pregnant if that's their goal? To avoid pregnancy,
1: mm, yeah. So you know, there's there's one way, and it's my experience and how I personally um, treat this time in my cycle. But and it's using condoms, and with that is it is non-negotiable. It gets put on from the get go. As soon as I know that there's going to be P and the V, it's like it's a like condom. <laughs> P and the
0: V, condoms are out.
1: Yeah, and that's it. And I learned this method. Well, I studied it by myself, but I educated my partner and um, it's something that we do together. And a lot of the time women are taught that you take this, you do this, it's your fertility. You're the one who gets pregnant. You need to do this. There's nothing for men. I'm so fuck that. It is something that that you do together. If you are in a relationship with a man, then teach your man. Tell him what happens in your cycles and say, this is what happens, and this time we use a condom. And when I can confirm that ovulation has... Finished, or I'm out of my fertile phase, then we can have unprotected sex. And because there is that option, we know that there's like a phase when we can actually be really rela- relaxed. We don't use condoms. It's like right, go hard or go home. In this time of the cycle, I use. <laughs> was a little have to wink laugh there.
0: At, I just love laugh <laughs> that comment because it's like you are talking about sex. You're like go hard or go home, mate. Yeah, exactly.
1: But it's non-negotiable.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it I'm, is. It's just the end, yeah, we're in it together. I think that this comes back to having open conversations around your sexual experience with a sexual partner, whether it's mm. your romantic partner, whether it's your life partner, your soul partner, or just a sexual partner. It's, mm. I feel it's so important to have these open conversations with them so that you're on the same page. And if you're not on the same page, you're not going in my body. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Like,
0: And I like, I made the note whilst you were talking about partner education, because Mm. you've got to remember just as though you as a woman were not, and I I shouldn't probably say this, but we're probably not educated about your cycle at school. And I'm saying that openly because most women weren't ever educated about their cycle at school. If it's in your body and you weren't educated, what are the chances of someone who's Mm. not in a female body knowing about the cycle? And so that's where 100%. partner education, specifically with males, you know, if you're in a, a same-sex relationship with a woman, they've got a cycle, so they generally would know. But mm-hmm. if they don't, just as important to educate your male partners about your cycle and mm-hmm. then making decisions about conception together. Because if there was a pregnancy from your sexual experience, that's an equal responsibility. So why would conception 100%. not be an equal responsibility?
1: Exactly, and
0: huh.
1: I just feel like you know. Even when I was dating, for those who aren't in a relationship, and it's like, yeah, well, how am I going to like this guy I've been seeing? He's super sexy and attractive. I'm not going to sit him down and say, "Hey, look." Like, so what I do is I take my basal body temperature and like see this in my neck is like <laughs> cervical mucus, and like we've got to be careful. <laughs> but for those who are dating and like having that conversation is kind of out of the picture right now. Then, I I personally found it really um, empowering to say, hey, I'm in my fertile phase and there's no neg- no negotiation around using a condom. And I always carried condoms with me. And so I had them in this little sexy, silky bag. I felt really empowered being a woman carrying condoms, yeah, yeah. over my yeah. shoulder, you know, I had like <laughs> 200. <laughs> I bought a mega pack. <laughs> yeah. Doctors gave me a prescription. Yeah. Um, But I felt really empowered being that woman who, one, I was down about safety around my sexual activities. And two, I knew my body and I knew like what it was up to and how I wanted to protect it um, so that I didn't have to come across a challenge or a challenging decision really. And my partner later told me um, when we had that conversation, he was like, you know what, when you brought around that condom that time and you told me, xyz i found that so attractive that you were that tuned to your body so um
0: yeah there's some bit of advice for those single ladies as well it is sexy to date someone who cares about their health mm. if you're a healthy yeah. person dating someone who cares about their health is like that's it. i don't know about anyone else but for me that's a turn <laughs> on i'm like yeah you just did what this morning with your spirulina drink whatever that might yeah. be like (laughs) like, it's um it's really empowering and i I just want to encourage women and empower or contribute to further empowerment that it's your body and what goes in your body and what happens inside your body is your decision and you know if it's not a hell yes it's a no so Mm. if it's not a hell yes in the the conversation and i guess the way that i'll kind of finish this little topic is that I always say and teach Mel that it either feels expansive or it feels contractive. So if you're having that conversation Mm. and you're dating and you know, you're yet to experience a sexual connection, um, like physically and have sex. I would say, you know, having that conversation, if it feels expansive and the energy feels good, then yes, lean into it. But if it feels contractive and you're like pulling away, that's your body, your yoni in your Mm. womb saying, don't do it sister like just pull back it's okay and hey it's only four or five days roughly for your ovulation window if you really know when you're ovulating so just do other things other than penetrative sex if you really really want to um i guess discover if you're ready to have that kind of relationship with someone Mm, totally yeah Mm -hmm. Oh my God, Mel, this is just like, we're nearly at the end of our time, but this has been so great. I've, I know I've learnt lots and I trust that everyone who's, who's listening has been, has been learning a lot. And so for the ladies who would like to learn more about this fertility based awareness method is how can they connect with you to find out more about like, I want those science project chart things that I can fill out. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bring it on. So, um, I definitely base myself through Instagram. So at Melissa Branges, bit of a tongue twister there, but I'm sure you'll pop the deets in. Mm-hmm. Um, or my website, com, And I offer free 15 minute consultations and consultations and we can just go through, you know, any questions, what the hell the method is or anything like that. And then I offer three to six month um, packages where we work together. Um, And it takes about, you know, a good month to learn. And then from then on, you've just got that support because your cycle is ever-changing and there's certain rules that get applied when you've done a certain amount of charts. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. I will be including all of those links in the show notes so that you can directly connect with Mel. I'll also include the link to the app that you mentioned um, that is is great to use, but like I've already said, and Mel said too, it's really good to use a paper tracker. So we'd encourage you to go and do that. Um, Mm. But final question, Mel, and I ask this to everybody who joins us on the show is what are three guiding tips that you would give to your younger menstruating self? So think back to when you started menstruating. What are three things that you wish you knew then that you now know today?
1: Mm. The first thing that pops to mind because we talk about fertility is that you're not fertile through the whole month. You're only fertile for about 10 days of your cycle. So I wish I knew that. So I didn't have constant monthly anxiety around um, being pregnant or not. Hmm. Um, The second one is, is I wish I had uh, teachings around my voice with um, saying yes or no to certain partners that didn't respect the knowledge around that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the power of knowledge. Yeah, yes, yeah. And the third one is that periods are freaking epic when you get to learn how to sync your life with your cycle, or you sync your cycle with your life. Actually,
0: just <laughs> whatever. Just, <laughs> whatever. Just, go, just sync. Just sync. Just, just sync, sync up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, Mel. Thank um, you so much. They're beautiful yeah. tips. Um, I know that oh, fuck. I just swore, but it's because i it's because i really wish the the first two i really wish that i knew the power of no and yes and mm. that you are only roughly off for roughly 10 days of recycle like just those two mm. points alone would have changed my life a lot as a younger teen and mm. woman but mel thank you so much for joining us um all the way You're over welcome. from new zealand appreciate it and i know that everyone listening has thoroughly enjoyed it too so thank you so much for being a guest
1: yay thank you for having me on it's been so
0: great thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the well women podcast i trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did if you got a lot out of it too please subscribe and leave a five-star review on itunes or your podcast app this means together we can inspire connect and educate even more women now is there a bestie a sister or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too well take a screenshot of this podcast episode share it on your social media email it text it or any way you need to get it to their ears so together we can all live in flow harmony and balance with our bodies and be sure to tag me in it too hashtag well women podcast for everything we mentioned in today's episode you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast until next time beautiful get connected listen to your body and remember body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.